Cheers. It's my first drink of the night, guys. I'll tell you what. It's Thursday night. Um, Chappy. Chaps Fantasy Chat. One week from baseball. How how quickly this has flown by, right? I, I remember, um, you know, the first baseball episode of the year that I did, and I'm like, what the heck am I going to talk about? Well, lots happened since then. We've talked about most of it. But tonight, we're going to talk about my favorite subject. And, you know, it, it's it's a subject to, to me. Um, I got to thank my buddy, Dave Craig, for getting me into this. Um, prospects, you know, I, I was uh, very much not following that genre of fantasy baseball at all until Dave, you know, brought this idea of, of starting um, a rookie draft. And, and, you know, it's really kind of taken off since then. It's become a big deal. And, you know, I think it's going to keep growing. I, for one, am super excited. As you all well know, I'm here in Indianapolis. Um, and, you know, the Indians are here, the Pirates away team. I'm excited they're going to have – Minor league baseball this year. I, I, you know, I didn't get to see a, a game la- last year at all. Um, I, I usually go to, you know, between five and ten AAA games. They're great because you can go and you sit in the front row for like ten bucks. Um, <laughs> you could talk to the players. Um, I always like to just, you know, let them decide how I treat them. Uh, I, I remember, uh, you know, joking around with um, Austin Riley one day. And, uh, you know, he, he almost hit three out of the park. I tell this all the time. I know he almost hit three out of the park off of Tyler glass now. Um, but he just pulled, he just pulled the one, the first ball down the left, left field line. Um, then he had a double off the wall. Uh, then the next time I, you know, so he came up the next time and I'm like, Hey, he just pulled your shoulder. Yeah. Just having a good time. Right. Pulled your shoulder on that where you had a Homer. Right. Well, then he went up and hit a Homer. Anyway, my point being minor league baseball is great. Um, incorporating prospects into your um, into your draft, whether it be, um, you know, via a, a minor league system that you do uh, organically or, you know, like a fan tracks, you could put minor league people um, you have. You can make minor league spots. So um, this week I'm going to break it down into a two section um, bit. This week we're going to talk about players that impact this year that will impact this year. Um, the, 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 the next week, we're going to talk more about guys that, you know, can kind of set you apart, um, from your competition because there'll be guys that are trending upwards big time. And, you know, a lot of people, they know the top hundred pretty well. Um, but they just know the names. They haven't seen a lot of like, you know, the skill sets and the abilities and, you know, the bat to ball skills and stuff like that. Um, I've seen a lot of that. Because I really do like watching the prospects and see how they do. Looks a little different tonight, I know. Um, I'm a bachelor tonight. My wife, Jamila, is so great. She always, uh, you know, accommodates whatever I'm doing with this and supports me. I really do appreciate that. Um, but, you know, I, I thought I'd try this um, out here. And um, definitely, I got three dogs, so it's, it's the guy's night. Um, so I'm just kind of monitoring everybody out here. Um, if I have to step away for a second or if you hear a duck barking in the background, guys night. Uh, <laughs> so Chaps Fantasy Chat, Thursday nights at 8. 
Come back at 10. RC and I are going to be talking not just baseball. We're going to talk some baseball, but we're going to talk about some March Madness stuff. We're going to talk about uh, some football. We, we've put that away for a couple weeks with, with the tournament stuff going on, but you know, um, we decided that we'd pick that back up. Free agencies pretty much come and gone. <clears throat> There's a few guys still out there. So we'll talk about theories and stuff with that. I will say yeah, say to you that uh, RC's a tornado alley down there in uh, the Chattanooga area. He's been without power and with power and um, all that good stuff. So, you know, uh, our mindset at OA is if we can be there, we will. You get sick. You have severe weather. You don't make it. But we'll be here week in and week out, and we'll talk about all the fun stuff, all the stuff that kind of, you know, um, flows over. Um, might not be the things that a lot of people are talking about on the mainstream media, and, you know, that's kind of like what we pride ourselves on doing. So without further ado, I do want to jump in because, you know, again, uh, there's a lot of talent. There's, there's a lot of talent every year, right? It, it used to be there's like one or two guys that you keep your eye on. Now – you know, there could be upwards of, of, of 20 to 30 guys that impact big time this year in the major leagues. And ev everybody wants to have, everybody wants to have that next big guy, right? That's the allure. That's the, the shiny new toy in the corner. So we'll talk about that. You know, if you're going to go and spend draft capital on one of these prospects, you want to make sure that it's the right one. Um, and, and, and it's tough because some of these guys look really good and then they slip. Then it doesn't come to fruition. I, I mean, I always talk about Greg Bird, Byron Buxton, all these guys, you know, um, that were, that were supposed to be great players, um, have fallen short. Uh, whereas, you know, other guys, you know, Fernando Tatis and so, you know, a bunch of other guys haven't, they've, they've come up and been very successful. Eloy Jimenez, you know. Jimenez, that's a shame. It, it really is. What's going on there? So strain, excuse me, ruptured pectoral tendon is going to miss five to six months. I think we, you know, before we jump into this, and this, there's some direct correlation here, obviously. Uh, before we jump into this, I think it's it's something that we really need to at least mention um, that, you know, we're, we're going to be missing one of the best young stars in the game basically all season. So five months from now, Best case scenario, you're looking at August, and that's just coming back. That's before rehab, getting up the pace, yada, yada, yada. You're not going to see much Eloy Jimenez this year, unfortunately. You know, some other injuries, I don't want to go too in-depth to it, but th there are some that, you know, um, I kind of wanted to talk about. Kirby Yates is the, the, the other really big one, Tommy John surgery. Opens up the door. Um, Jordan Romano obviously is the, the the heir apparent. He'll get the first chance, but um, there's a prospect next week that I'll talk about a little bit that I think might fit that role pretty well. It's going to take a bit of a succession to get to him, but I feel like um, Alec Manoa, I'll, I'll spill the beans, the former Mountaineer, uh, first round pick for the for the uh, Blue Jays, big guy. I really think like he could fit as a closer there. Um, for this year because, you know, he has that kind of stuff. Uh, 
Hunter Harvey, <laughs> oblique strain out indefinitely, was set to be pitching in the back end of um, that bullpen. Baltimore, I think. I don't have it written down. I apologize. Um, Shogo Akiyama's got a hamstring. Looking like he's going to be late April before he comes up. Um, interesting little position battle there going on for, for his playing time. Um, Carlos Carrasco, hamstring, mid-May. Brandon McKay out indefinitely with a shoulder. Speaking of prospects, Josh Jung, mid-May with the foot. That's unfortunate. That's a guy that I, I might well be talking about next week. Um, I might still talk about him, but he he was uh, due to maybe not break camp with the Rangers, uh, but be up pretty quickly. And that doesn't appear like that's going to be the case now because he hasn't been able to get the reps. And that no, that that's big for, for these young guys. Texas Tech product, um, hometown kid, if you will. You know, uh, I, they really want him to do well in Texas, and I think he will. Tatis, Fernando Tatis, the big one. Shoulder discomfort, non-throwing shoulder. He was removed from the game. Reports came out today that it's not a big deal. It's not a scare. Um, it was just a precaution. He should be okay to get back. I think they said this weekend. So not not um, – not, clearly not as devastating as Eloy Jimenez was, right? Um, but a scare nonetheless. Sonny Gray, back spasms. He's a week behind schedule. And George Springer has a grade two oblique strain. That's a tough break um, for the Blue Jays. So so we'll see how that go, goes. You know, um, They certainly can plug and play people in there, but they didn't go out and spend a bunch of money um, – to have Springer not produce. It's unfortunate. Still really talented. Really talented, you guys. Don't make no mistake. All right. Cleaned up. Got through the priorities there. I, I want to talk about what really gets me going, what I'm really excited about. And, and that's pro that's these prospects. Um, again, I'm going to break this down. We're going to do the the – help you later this year, next year type guys next week. This week I want to do the guys that are going to be – they're going to be in the mix this year. Some of these guys will be fantasy impact. Most of these guys will be fantasy impacts almost immediately, okay? Um, you know, like I said, it used to be a couple of players. Now, you know, more and more players are getting the opportunity, especially post-COVID era where, where uh, teams weren't allowed to have fans in the stands. I imagine that uh, a lot of teams will be looking to get these guys and their cheap contracts into the game sooner rather than later. But before we get into some of those guys who have, um, you know, not yet earned their stripes, if you will, I I, I want to talk about these guys, these, these first couple guys are – they're prospects in name only. They actually got playing time last year. They were able to come up and show their worth. Um, I think most people know who I'm talking about. The first guy I want to talk about is Cabrian Hayes, um, Charlie Hayes' son, Pittsburgh Pirate product. Uh, seen him a ton of times over here in Indy. Uh, and, and you know, it, it's, it's always something that um, you kind of wear as a badge of honor when you get – <laughs> hey, Derf, what's up? Thanks, buddy. Good to see you, bud. Um, it, it's, it's, I'm going to talk positively about your Pirates, and you're sitting here talking. <laughs> Good job, bud. Okay. Um, <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> Cabrera Hayes, he's certainly the uh, 
he's the keystone of that team moving forward. That they're trying, you know, they're trying to get him signed to a long term deal. Um, just kind of, I, I think that's big for the Pirates to kind of signify to 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 the ma- to the rest of the major leagues that you know this isn't your this isn't your daddy's Pirates. This team wants to compete. You know, there's new owners, there's new leadership. There's there's new people running this pirate, and they're doing a good job. Sherrington's doing a great job. You look at what he's got going down on the lower mi- minors, and it really is impressive. Some of these guys, Nick Gonzalez, first hit his first home run of the of the preseason well, day before yesterday. Looks really good. He'll probably be a second baseman. You got O'Neill Cruz. You got um, you know, a whole bunch of these players. Those two, Prister and uh, Malone, the Pirates, the Pirates farm system guys. People are sleeping on them, and if you're I'm getting ahead of myself. If you're in a league where you have a deeper farm system, you really need – Quinn Prister is one of those guys that could be a top-10 prospect this time next year, Durf. Quinn Prister. And, you know, I think the Pirates are going to be better than people think. Kevin Newman's killing the ball. You know, he's a year removed from being 3-0, whatever. Adam Frazier looks like a stud. He took – I can't remember. Oh, Ian, Ian, uh, Ian Anderson. I'm watching him yesterday. Took him deep on a high fastball that he turned around on him like that. Um, so it's one of those things where I feel like everybody wants to how the Pirates. I think they're going to be better than people think this year. Now, the pitching stinks. Um, although Brewbreaker good looked pretty good when I saw him the other day, I don't think he's going to get the job done long term. I'm getting off topic, but I, I just want to put that out there. We'll do some um, bold, bold predictions next week. Um, but I, I feel like the Pirates are a little bit underrated this year. So, so back to Cabrian Hayes, uh, 24 years old. Pirates are notorious in the in the past about taking their time with with prospects and making sure I, again, I've seen Cabrian over here a handful of times. He was not ready up until last year. Um, uh, he, he would show flashes of greatness and then he would disappear for uh, like a month. So it's one of those things where he's ready. Um, the, the thing that people don't realize about, about Cabrian Hayes he is so refined as a young player that he understands the strike zone. He's not going to swing at bad pitches and um, he's going to, he's going to hit the ball where you give it to him. So, so for me, he's going to have to grow into his power a little bit, but I think in this day and age with pitchers being what they are, um, I, I feel like he still has 20 in him this year. With a with a ceiling of twenty to twenty, or excuse me, twenty five to thirty in the future, um, in his prime, I look for Cabrian Hayes to be a thirty three hundred, hundred hundred guy, uh, especially like I said, when when it helped, where when you start bringing up um, the Neil, Nick Gonzalez's and the O'Neill Cruises of the world to put people around him. Yes, Kevin Newman's good. Uh, I mean that. I think Kevin Newman's good. Adam Frazier's a good player. Uh, but it's just going to be a little bit different when you start bringing these first-round picks up. So, Cabrian Hayes is one of those guys, you know, I, I, again, the, the 300 batting average is nice. Um, I think he gets that this year. 
I think 20 is probably a little bit more realistic for him as far as home runs go this year. Uh, but I think in the very near future, you're looking at 25, maybe even 30, as he understands launch angle and some of the, you know, um, the analytics of the game that that it takes time to, to master. Right. Um, I think that that's uh, just going to he's something he's going to grow into. But but right now he's a doubles hitter. Um, he's hitting at the top of that lineup. I know they're not that good um, on paper, but I really do believe that, you know, he's uh, he, he's going to be a spark plug for that offense in a lot of ways this year. Um, I, I feel like it, the OBP thing is something that most people aren't going to look at, but the, uh, he's going to be on base a lot. He knows how to work a walk. He's still young enough um, where he could steal a base if he needs to. And it, it, it's one of those things where I, I just feel like he's going to be, it's a confidence thing, right? And the Pirates last year didn't have that. I feel like this guy's kind of a spark plug at the top of that lineup. He's going to get on base. He's going to make things happen. Old school style baseball, doubles, taking the base, yada, yada. Um, prediction. I'm looking at 285, and I think that's a floor for him. Um, uh, 390 OBP, 19 homers. 77 runs, 65 RBIs, seven stolen bases. I predict Cabrian Hayes is your rookie of the year in the National League. Alec Baum is the other guy. And, and there's a lot of similarities. Yeah, no, I know. Charlie Hayes was a great – he played for the Yankees, and he played for a bunch of teams, right? He is – yeah, good point. He's a legacy. That's, I guess, um, the takeaway from that. Uh, you know, his dad played, so he he knows kind of what it takes to to stick around. Um, Alec Baum, 24 years old. So ADPs, let's talk about that real quick. ADP for Hayes is 134. ADP for Baum is 106. So you're getting Hayes at a, what, almost three-round – difference um which is a good thing to me the difference between Baum and Hayes is two things they're both excellent first off I, I think you're going to suffer a little bit I don't think the 330 whatever it was last year is repeatable with Bomb. I think you're looking more at a 280 290 type guy um the power is legitimate this guy's got a 40 power potential in his prime, I, I think he's clearly more powerful than than Hayes is. But because Hayes gets on base more, because Hayes knows how to work account, I think he's going to gear in and year out, carry a higher, higher average, higher OBP, and be more valuable across the board. Um, the other thing about Baum, he's an offense first profile. He, he struggled at third base last year. And while he worked at it at the offseason, early indicators are Girardi said he looks like a good, uh, a much improved defensive. I think that was the, what he said. A much improved defensive player at third base. There are still concerns there. It is a long season. And the, the main concern is I, I, I feel like, the Phillies don't want to move Reese Hoskins off first base. He showed he can't play anywhere else. He's not an outfielder. So if Baum has to move to first base because of defense, that's 
a problem because then you're going to have to fill that third base spot and Hoskins is going to have to find a place to play. I don't think that happens this year, so I don't want to get too much into that, but it is something to think about. Um, Baum's bat certainly does fit that profile better of a first baseman. Not that there's much different in this day and age as far as fantasy goes, but there is still a little bit of difference. The lower average is more acceptable at first. Uh, more power is, is uh, albeit a little bit, you know, third base is a lot of power these days. Um, more more attractive at first base. So, you know, worst case scenario, he shifts back and forth. But again, that squeezes Reese Hoskins quite a bit. I'm sure the Phillies don't want to do that. Clutch for the Phillies down the stretch last year. Um, you know, he basically kept them in the in the playoff race with his clutch hitting. And he's hit fourth basically all spring. This is a good thing. I, again, I, I like both of these players, but I think ultimately the OBP, the defense at third base, separates Hayes just a bit from Baum. I'm buying both of these players. These guys are both Rookie of the Year candidates in the National League, and they'll both be a big part of their team's success, not failure this year. <clears throat> both of these guys are going to be the keystone for their teams for the next decade. And if you're in a – even if you're in a shallow keeper league, both of these guys should be targets. Not having such a good feel on pitching, and I'm, uh, you know, I kind of, I like to do this, right? So, Bomb versus Hayes, I, I prefer Hayes. I want to talk about Howard versus Mize. It's interesting. They're both 24 years old. They both got a ton of potential. Mize, first overall draft pick out of Auburn. Everybody's top five pipeline 100 darling two years ago. Howard hasn't pitched above high A, six starts above high A in his career prior to last year's eight. So, so he's got 14 total starts above high A. Um, struggled a little bit last year, but who turns it around and why? I feel like if you're looking early on in the season, Howard's your better option. But I don't think Howard stays the whole year. I just don't think he has the innings to pitch the entire year. Nor does Mize. Mize is competing for, for a spot as well. I, I would be hard-pressed to believe that he doesn't start the year in the major leagues. But there's concerns with both of these guys. I, I'm 
I'm not sold on either one of them long term. Well, long term, I am sold on both of these guys. I do think they'll develop into the pitchers that people think they will be. But there's some danger in jumping guys multiple levels or giving guys extended periods of time at the major leagues when they're not ready. It can cause serious damage. So I think both of these clubs need to be real real careful in protecting their prize pitching prospects. And, and, and you know, it's going to be tough for both of these teams to protect these guys. For Howard, Philly's going to compete this year. And while they can protect him a little bit, they're still going to want to get him into big games and pitching big, big innings because they trust the stuff. I think the Matt Moore signing for the Phillies was sneaky good because I, I think that hides Spencer Howard a little better. Casey Mize, on the other hand, isn't hiding from anybody. His ability is clear. He's got three-plus pitches. Nick Anderson has a partial tear of his elbow ligament, likely to be out past the all-star break. Mark Thompson, TB, TB times raise. Anyway. Jeez. Uh, Detroit's got three first-round pitchers that they can fall back on if my struggles. Tariq Skubal, Matt Manning, and, of course, Mize. All have the potential to be aces. And I think that plays into Mize's hands a little bit. Um, as they'll be able to spot start those guys. Play who's hot, if you will. Last year, 0 3, 6 9, 6 ERA, 1 4 8 whip, seven starts. I'm having a hard time with the fact that Casey Myers might get sent down to the minors. But I understand it because people that aren't prospect savvy don't understand how much talent is in that system. Detroit's going to be a good team this year. Those three aces alone um, are a bedrock to any team. You throw in Spencer uh, Torkelson. You throw in Austin, uh, excuse me, Riley Green. <laughs> Austin Riley, Riley Green, and Austin Austin Martin. I always get those guys mixed up for some reason. Uh, Riley Green, uh, I think he was the fifth overall pick two years ago. Almost broke camp with Detroit last year. He's not had a great spring training um, but but people are kind of sleeping on him a little bit. I look for him to get time in the upper minors uh, early on in the year. 
and get some playing time after after the All Star break. Talk about him next next week. Point being, I, I I'm feeling like Detroit's going to have one the ability with the talent around him to protect him and to keep his innings down. Two, the incentive to keep his innings down because he's the future. And then three, knowing they're going to be competing soon. I feel like you, you just have to let him set his course, work his inning load up, and get him to the point where he can compete next year at full ability. Uh, whether that's 120 innings, I don't know what it is, right? But, um, you know, just kind of try and get his – arms stretched out to where he's able to next year give you what he's capable of. So this is going to be a litmus test for Mize. I think he struggles early, but I I think he finds his groove. He surges after the All-Star break. I think you're looking at about a a 500 average. I I put down 8-6. and I think you're looking at about a 4-2 ERA and a 1-3 whip. I think that go both of those numbers go in a positive direction after the All-Star break. I think they inflate a little bit. Um, of the two, I'm highly suggesting going Mize over Howard, although I feel like both of those can be good later round values. I don't have their ADP, of course. Um, you're having to probably draft them a little higher um, in most leagues than you want to. The pitcher that I do want to invest in, and, and I think it's important to differentiate here. Randall, it's your boy. Ian Anderson. 22 years old, guys. He was extremely hard for hitters to barrel up last year. They could not hit this kid. And... I don't, I got watching him yesterday. I can see why. Um, he, he, he locates well. Hey, Dave, what's up, buddy? Thanks for coming by. Um, he locates the ball well. He, uh, he, he's effective with, with his, with his pitches. His pitches have movement. It really is fun watching him pitch. Uh, he looks like a 10 year vet out there. And, you know, I mean, he, he, Really looked good again again yesterday. I, I, I look for him. Um, I look for him to continue that dominance and kind of become the the ace of that Braves lineup this year, which I know is saying a lot, right? They got Max Freed, they got Soraka. There's a lot of talent there, right? But. Those other guys don't have the stuff that Anderson has. He was in the 99th percentile, according to Baseball Savants, in barrel percentage last year. I'll say that again. That's really hard to do, especially for a 22-year-old rookie. He was in the 99th percentile 
in barrel rate last year among all major leaguers. 1.2% barrel rate last year for Ian Anderson. He's already stretched out. He threw 75 pitches yesterday. He looks like he can handle a heavy workload. But again, a lot like um, Detroit, Atlanta can hide him a little bit if they need to give him a rest during the middle of the year. Bryce Wilson looks phenomenal. Kyle Wright, they just sent down to the minors. Kyle Muller, they have. So, I really think Ian Anderson is the pitcher to own of this year's crop. Um, I'm looking at about a 12-4 and record for him. Like I said, I do believe he'll be rested for a few for a few starts just out of precaution in his youth. 12 and 4, I look at about a 311 ERA and a 119 whip. Again, he allowed one barreled ball to 81 major league batters last year as a 22-year-old kid. That many. That many. One. I want to talk about next. The, like I said, it's unfortunate about Eloy Jimenez. Budding star, really looking like he was coming into his own. Even more so than he's already been. Looks like he's out five to six months. Torn pictorial, whatever. The beneficiary of that is Andrew Vaughn. Andrew Vaughn, to me, his draft stock skyrocketed this afternoon. This afternoon, when they announced that he would be starting in left field tomorrow for the White Sox. Skyrocketed. Because every, all the other indicators are so positive for him. You, if he didn't make the big league roster out of camp, you knew he was going to be up in a couple weeks. Um, but now, I don't see a scenario where he doesn't break camp with the big league club. I love this. This is this is so fun. In fantasy baseball, great guys. I mean, this is a great time of year. Um, you got March Madness, of course. You got you know the football off seasons going on. A bunch of movement. You get ready for the draft. Uh, getting ready. Drafting for fantasy baseball is my favorite thing to do, and it's not close. Andrew Vaughn, to me, is a special player. I just said that. Uh, I announced it on air, David. That sucks. He's my closer in multiple leagues. 
shucks. <laughs> anyway, um, Andrew Vaughn will probably be multi-position eligible. I'd imagine he'll carry over first base eligibility, even though he's never played first base in the major leagues. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I imagine he'll be an outfield eligible player relatively quickly. I look for him to get a, pre- a predominant amount of those bat at bats. Um, and more importantly, I, he gets Eloy's spot in that lineup. That's the big takeaway there. I watched him. I watched him the other day and, and, and this kid is, He's not as tall as I thought he was. He he's got this. He bring, I mean it, it's 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 a lot like Javi Baez where he kind of corks up. He he he, but he has a violent swing and and this is one of those guys. So Tony Larusa, Tony Larusa's been around a lot of good hitters. Quotes from Tony Larusa about 22-year-old Andrew Vaughn. He's an advanced hitter for this point in his career. I know he has never played above whatever, but boy, he takes great at-bats, makes great adjustments. He's got all the quantities, qualities. He's still in serious, this was a couple days, he's still in serious competition for a spot on this team. (laughs) <laughs> this is how Tony LaRusso speaks to this guy. I, I wrote down here, I got to say, it. I wish my wife had such an affinity for me as, as Tony LaRusso does for Andrew Vaughn. <laughs> I love my wife. She's great. Um, more LaRusso quotes. He does things that the good hitters do. He can handle different pitches. He never gives it away, away in a bat, and he uses the whole field. Quote, he's got thump. My Again, this guy's stock has skyrocketed more than anybody else in the major leagues today. There's no question he makes the big league team. There's no question he's hitting in the middle of that lineup. This directly affects he excuse me, Eloy Jimenez's injury directly affects Andrew Vaughn's stock value. I I, I wrote his old prediction down. I wrote an update to it. I, I wrote 260 as his average before. I upped it to 275. I think it goes up because I think the more at-bats he sees, the more disciplined of a hitter he becomes, the more he understands what big league pitching is trying to do to him, the more his average goes up. 17 to 27 home runs. This is purely due to playing time. He's earned a spot on the big league team now. 10-plus in home runs from this move. 30 runs to 62 runs. 
This could go even higher, especially if he's, if he's hitting on the front end of that lineup. I'd imagine he probably hits fifth or sixth. But who knows? He could hit second or third. I don't know. So I gave him a 32-run boost. That was a modest adjustment. 34 RBI to 74 RBI. Plus 40 runs batted in. The most important projection, 30 games to almost 100. 90 games out of Andrew Vaughn. That's a big bump. And we need to be paying attention to that. Because it's significant. It's significant. The White Sox are going to be a great team. He's going to be a big part of that lineup. Buy Andrew Vaughn and hold on to him. Chaps Fantasy Chat, Thursday nights at 8. Come back at 10. Randall and I are going to be talking a whole bunch of sports. The gauntlet. We're going to talk some more baseball. We're going to talk about fantasy um, draft preparation. We're going to talk more about prospects and how the impact of prospects. We're going to talk about the brackets. We're going to talk about, you know, um, a little bit different perspective of the brackets, but we're going to talk about who advances next week, why the teams that are there are there, and, and you know what what some of the consequences are of uh, of what's happened so far. And of course, we're going to talk about football too. Um, NFL free agencies basically come and gone. A lot of names are signed with different places. A lot of movement this off season. Um, we'll talk, we'll wrap that up. Give our take on that as we move into. Draft season, and, 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 you know, that'll be on us in the next month and a half, I think it is. So it's important to kind of keep wraps on it, just kind of do a check-in on it and discuss, you know, um, the important goings-on and, and, and kind of break down some strategy and what some teams are doing. So so make sure to come back at 10. Uh, the other angle, Chappie and RC. iLogic Media is the home. That's where you find us. Um, Chappie's Fantasy Sports Group. On Facebook, at Chaps Fantasy Chat on Twitter. Again, iLogic Media, Draft for Upside. River City Media as well. Thank you. Um, so so I, I want to wrap this up. I got a couple more guys I want to talk about. Look, I'm going to talk, I'm not going to talk about Wander Franco this week. I'm not going to talk about Bobby Witt this week. They might break camp with a team. They might not. They're definitely going to be impacts, but I don't feel like. I feel like they belong in this next group still, even if just for a little bit. The, all of these guys I've mentioned so far are going to be on the team basically all year, or at least until they're told that they're, they need some work, right, especially with the first two pitchers. I want to, I want to talk about – I'm gonna skip Sixto Sanchez. I, I just, I, I, I'll say this: 22 years old, 96.6 miles per hour on a sinker. 
averaging 98.5 miles per hour on his four-seam fastball last year. This guy reminds me a lot of Dustin May. He needs to learn how to <clears throat> get a little bit of movement on his pitches, and then he'll be dominant. Um, I, I like what Sixto six Sanchez brings to the table long-term. I worry about his consistency a bit this year. I, I, I do want to talk about – I got two outfitters that I think are really interesting. And I want to compare them a little bit. Randy Arozarena and Dylan Carlson. These two guys, to me, are, are, are similar, but there's a lot of contrast there as well, right? Ironically, they both come up through the Cardinals' form system. Arizona is everybody's sweetheart last year in the playoffs, right? He hit 10 homers and drove in 14 and 20 games in the LCS, was named the MVP. He hit 281 during the season, and he hit 376 during the playoffs. Lightning quick hand speed, significant power, 93rd percentile in sprint seed, sprint speed. I did not know that. It hasn't necessarily shown on the base paths yet. And some players don't steal bases. They just don't like to run. Um, that could be a game changer for Aero Zarena. We haven't seen it yet, so I, I, I won't project it. But it's, it's kind of it's, – it's just a little something to monitor, right? Um, Put it like this: If I see Arrows Arena start to steal bases, I'm going to go out and try and trade him, and I'm going to get a give a player that's pretty significant to get him. Because players that have that true five tool profile, um, they're they're few and far between. And if he steals bases, he is definitely that. I think you see a little bit of negative regression this year with Arrows Arena. I still think he's capable. I still think he's um, a quality outfielder. But I think people that draft him might expect a little bit more than what he gives you. Whereas Dylan Carlson, 22 years old, hasn't quite shown us yet, right? I mean – he was supposed to be the second coming. Everybody was on him. He's a big um, waiver wire pickup last year. At the yeah, it was pretty early on, um, but never you know never really got into um, into his groove, and that's tough. Hit two hundred three homers and one hundred ten at bats. This is complicated. Harrison Bader's injured. So, whereas Carlson, who's probably a, nat a natural right fielder, could have just sat out there and, and, and relied on, let's be honest, 
if not the best defensive center fielder, he's in the top three in the majors um, to get to as much as he can. Now, he might be asked to play center for the next month, month and a half. And he could do it. He, he, he's good enough. He could play center field. But I think that's an issue, um, especially for a young player, especially for a 22-year-old, um, to, to ask him to not only produce the plate, But play a position that's not his best, I guess, could impact his offensive game. I don't think it does, at least not long term. It might early on in the year. I'll say this, though. I like what what the Cardinals are doing with him in spring. So they're flipping and flopping him. He's spent a lot of time in the two-hole. But he's also been hitting six, seven, eight. A lot of seven. Seven's not bad. But I think it's an indicator. He's hit more in the two-hole as spring has progressed as well. So I think it's an indicator that the Cardinals – and this is before the Bader injury as well. Not that Bader's an offensive juggernaut. He's certainly not. But it speaks to the Cardinals' confidence in what he's doing, what he's showing, his work ethic, his abilities, um, that they're putting Carlson in that position. I don't think they put him there if they didn't think he could be successful there. I like Carlson, especially in the second half of the year. I like him more than Arizona. And I know that's a little bold, right? But let's be honest. The Cardinals are pretty good at eye and talent, generally. They chose Carlson over Arizona. That says a lot to me. I do believe that Arizona continues to be successful. But I think Carlson is a budding superstar in this league with 330, 100-100 type potential. I don't know about his speed. Maybe 10. I don't know. But I think he contributes in four of those five categories. And you could see him hitting at the top of that lineup as soon as this year. That's worth worth an investment to me. Chaps Fantasy Chat, Thursday nights at 8. Draft for Upside, iLogic Media. iTunes, Spotify, StreamYard. Chaps Fantasy Sports Group, River City City Media. Thank you to everybody who supports me. Thank you to all my listeners. I appreciate your input. Um, 
I, I hope this was informative. Next week, I'm going to talk about that next layer of prospects. We're t- yes, I'm not talking about Wit. I'm not talking about Franco. Um, you know, the only guy that I kind of wanted to talk about a little bit. Well, two of them, Nick Madrigal and, and Bobby Dahlbeck. Dahlbeck looks like he's got the first base job ho- uh, lined up, but you know, looking at his um, the lineups in the in the in the spring training, he's splitting time. Um, Marwin Gonzalez is playing a lot of first base, as is Michael Chavez. So there's still some pretty big ifs there for me with Bobby Dalbeck. He looks like a good ball player. He's hit 308 this spring with six homers and 13 RBIs. That's not to be taken lightly. Um, I'm interested in Dalbeck. I'm not as interested in Madrigal. I just feel like he doesn't give you anything outside of average. Um, I saw someone predict he he steals 30 bases this year. Good luck getting there. He's got hamstring issues. Um, I I mentioned that at the beginning of the broadcast. Hamstring, if you're a base stealer, I I don't think he is a base stealer, first off. Um, But... If if he has 30 stolen base potential, he's got hamstring issues going into April. He's not running. <laughs> so I, I'm not a big fan of Magical. I, long term I am, but definitely not this year. So, again, next week we're going to talk – I want to talk about a lot of really good players. Josh Jung, Riley Green, Alec Manoa. And, you know, Jonathan India, David, Jared Kellenick, Nick, Nick Lodolo, Mackenzie Gore. These are all jo- Josiah Gray, CJ Abrams. There's a ton of that next level talent. And that's really where we get into the fun, breaking these guys down at a deep level to understand what their ceilings look like and what their timeline looks like. So come back next week. But before that, come back at 10. Talk some college hoops with me. And talk some professional football. You know, the one thing that I didn't really get into, the impact of these guys, if they come up and are successful. We'll talk some about, about some organizational stuff. Talk a little bit about draft strategy. That's 10 o'clock. Same place right here. OA, the other angle with Chappie and RC, 10 o'clock Thursday nights. Chaps Fantasy Chat, Thursday nights at 8. Thank you, guys. I'm going to go eat some pizza. I'll see you in an hour. Good night.